Hello and welcome to another episode of Richard Hang's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. My guest this week is Alan Murray, the pub landlord. Thanks very much for supporting these podcasts. Um, we have a brand new emergency questions book coming out properly in the shops in October. Uh, it's got some of the questions that have been in the two volumes you may have got through Kickstarters, but only about 200, 300 of those. And then there'll be 700 questions that aren't in either of those books. So it'll be great for you if you haven't got those books already. It'll still work for you if you have got the books, but it'd be a great Christmas gift for anyone. It's designed to work for anyone, even if people who don't listen to the podcast have been, what idiots are they? So uh, go, yeah, I think you're going to be able to pre-order that at gofasterstrike.com. If not now, then pretty soon. Uh, So do that, because it'd be nice for Chris Evans, not that one, to make some money from it. And do come see me on tour. Go to richchain.com slash gigs or richchain.com slash ofrig slash tour. Coming up is Hartford on the 24th of May, Bishopstorpford on the 25th, Bristol on the 26th, Wells on the 27th, then Aldershot, Bedford and Warwick complete the tour and the 31st of May, 1st of June and 3rd of June. And then I'm free, my friends, free. Oh, I've got to do a sitcom for Radio 4. Damn, and write a book. Oh, God. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. It'll be okay. Okay, my friends, let's listen to... Oh, who's this French one who's coming? Let's listen to Richard Herring's Liste Square Podcast. The real Frenchman, wow. God, I never knew the French people like this show. Okay. Thank maintenant, les bientôt, monsieur. Okay, thanks very much, Frenchman. See you later, everyone. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who is removing the clothes pegs from his penis and testicles right now. It's Richard Herring. <laughs> Welcome to Richard Chains Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. I was hanging out with uh, the Wolf of Wall Street uh, the other day. The guy the film's based on. I was eating some cocaines off, uh, off a prostitute's bottom. I found the whole experience quite unhygienic, if I'm honest. <laughs> he calls it relish to us. I don't know if it's going to catch on. Um, uh, so I'll very briefly tell you what's going on in the countryside before we move on to the show. Um... Uh, my, we saw some lambs being born yesterday, which is not, yeah, uh, and uh, saw a horse really close up and nearly got electrocuted by an electric fence. It was good. It's, my daughter wasn't interested. We, so a neighbour had invited us up to watch, see the lambs, and my daughter thought the lambs are rubbish and going, where are the pigs? And they said, we don't have any pigs. They did have two last year, but they're in the freezer now. Uh, so that's the, that's the way the countryside works. Don't know if we should, should have just opened the freezer. There they are, look, look. There's Pepper and Grandpa Pig, played by, played by Brian Blessed. Uh, and um, my son ate his first solids today, so that's an exciting... It's ate some apple. It's kind of, that's a fucking crazy moment. You've been drinking milk for six months, five or six months, and then suddenly they put, like, some food in your mouth. And you go, he went... Uh, so... You think that's the, that's the moment, isn't it? That's the moment where your life begins when you have your first actual food. Uh, anyway, I'm going to crack straight on. We're going we're gonna to welcome my guest this week. He is probably best known for his appearance on Dick and Dom in Da Bungalow. <laughs> Mainly what we're going to talk to him about. It's Al Murray, ladies and gentlemen. It's Al Murray. Alan. Alan Murray. Alan. <laughs> 
Oh no, it's like Brian Blessed all over again. No, it isn't. <laughs> if you want to just get up and do your show for an hour, and I'll just see it. I'm very happy to do that. All right, what would you do? <laughs> Not here to do that. So, uh, what about Dick and Dom in the, the bungalow? I couldn't get the fucking custard out of my ears. <laughs> they, they, um, it was the last Dick and Dom in the bungalow ever. Yeah. And so that it kind of had that, you know, when that you're at a last program of a series, yeah. you, you know about I do. that. <laughs> you're a connoisseur of that experience, although it's quite a while ago, and uh, it's got to really cast your mind back, Rich. And um, <laughs> but, um, they would, they they were mad for gun- gunging people in custard, really, really madly into it. And I remember. Later that afternoon, beginning to panic that I basically sort of had organic mat food in my ears. Because I always had real problems with my ears when I was a kid, like ear infections. Every, every, this time of year, every year, I like a, always a week off school with terrible ear infections for some reason. Yeah. And, and I remember getting, you know, that, that by that evening thinking, I just can't get this fucking cuss out of my ears. I'm going to get another ear infection. <laughs> think you pair of twats. <laughs> but the, I, I, I used to love that program. And they were, they were really, really brilliant daft kids entertainers but but people didn't you know they were, they're, they're one of those comedy acts who suffered from people going what a stupid title <laughs> yeah yeah the title's a joke they're no Trevor Simon are they no they're no, tre- no they're no Trevor and Simon no. and, and uh, which reminds me that at one point I was all going to audition to replace Trevor and Simon. Oh, were you? We talked, well, because Trevor and Simon were on here this series, which is why yeah. I brought them up with but Ben we talked about all oh, the two of you yeah and I in the end said I'm not fucking doing it it's a good call yeah I know I'd forgotten that, and now you've said that, I remember that. It was a that, summer yeah. web, and Ben really had the hunt with me, and yeah. I'm like, we're going to be the, we're going to, and uh, you know, I've always been sort of um, forthright with my language. I remember saying to him, we're going to be the pair of cunts that aren't Trevor and Simon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those two blokes were. Two blokes <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who they were, because they were kind of around at the time, and I think they may have become dentists. One of them is still an actor, Nicholas, Good. but he's called Nicholas Ball, which is the same name as another actor, so I think he's called Nick Ball, but there's a Nicholas Ball. Okay. Or no, Hall, or Ball. That happens. Uh, and the other one, because I looked them up for Trevor and Simon, right. the other one is now a headmaster and a vicar. Uh, I kind of, I wonder if anyone who is at his school knows about his life, his other life, yeah, as big on because there isn't any clips of them on. Yeah, it's there before is, the internet. So, yeah, there's no so clips. He, of them. he hasn't had to scrub it. No, he hasn't got a Sri Lankan click farm working <laughs> <laughs> all day, every day, erasing was, him from the he internet. He was quite hard to work out to find. To find, to find but I won't say his name mainly because I don't remember what it is. But it wouldn't be fair. No, but we fair. were we were supposed to audition for that, and I said, yeah. I'm, "I'm just not doing this. It's a really bad idea." And I know, I know, I know, even now, I know I was right. You were, well, you definitely were right. And it's interesting, because, I mean, I think those, you know, those guys are very similar to you, I think, you know, yeah. and they were in a similar position. No, no, completely, which is why we were sort of and in was, the frame. And, and, and it would be very tempting to go, yeah, it's TV, let's go for it. And, get dashed on the rocks of the thing. When you're not yeah. ready, when you're not experienced enough, or, or not got enough ideas or any of that, anyway. Well, I think Trevor and Simon owned it so much as well, that yeah, it, was, exactly. it was just impossible to follow them. Exactly, yeah, it'd be like, you know... What's your name? David and Harvey's Fist of Fun. <laughs> I'd like to say, I would like to see that. Actually. With dick pics at the start. You could crowdfund like it, couldn't you? You yeah, know how to do that. Do yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Help me spunk 12 grand. <laughs> 
on two randoms reading stuff that me and Stu never got round to doing. <laughs> it's probably, probably got it. It's all somewhere. There's loads of stuff. So, Al, you've recently become a father again after you've done... And I've been asking guests, like, what's the best time to become a parent? Like, when you're young, so your kids are growing up and then you have mm. the rest of your life. Or when you're old, so you have your life and then mm. you have, don't have any life after yeah. they're born, like I've done. You've done both. Yes, you I had, had a family I had and then children you had in my, you know, early 30s. And yeah. then, and then um, circumstances... Which is the best way of talking... <laughs> You know, I'm not one of those sort of American couples because my second wife, well, you know, the problem with her was she, uh, she would always, uh, like, she'd always burn the, she'd always burn the ham. <laughs> and I mean, why are you always fucking burning the ham? That's pretty much, that's pretty accurate. That, that's basically it. <laughs> it and he, and he, I don't know why you're always burning the fucking ham. I was burning, fuck you, you fuck. Right? <laughs> It's no punchline, you just have to... I mean, that's one of the interesting things. There was a stage in the Edinburgh Fe Festival where Americans would just have to basically get off a boat, roll up at Edinburgh go, what? So, you know, in that Chippewadock affair, there was uh, two guys, Mc McConaughey and Mulligan. <laughs> what the fuck's that about? <laughs> and, uh, and the Scottish critics would go, oh my God, I can't believe it. There's, a, there's an American comedian in Edinburgh. <laughs> completely blow their chumps over it. Anyway, the point is... Um, yes, circumstances. There's an intervening circumstance between... Yeah. I have an 18-year-old and a 14-year-old. Yes. And then now they're 15-week-old. All girls, because girls are best. And my, my 18... My oldest, Scarlett, who's 18, she's at Bristol Uni now. Okay. Um, and uh, so she is an actual... She's a, she's a fucking grown-up. Yeah. Right? Um, I, well, I don't know if she's a fucking grown-up. Although, the thing is, we all share, we share an iPhone account and Tinder appeared on my phone. <laughs> so I messaged my two daughters, one who's 14, the other's 18. Tinder has just appeared on my phone, right? And she just gave me, she just sent a thumbs up. Wow. World's changed. And, uh, 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 yeah, so, and, and she, in, <laughs> when she went off, <laughs> when she went off to uni in September, she was like, or October, she was like, oh yeah, well, um, but because the baby came in December, she was like, oh yeah, one in, one out, like that. <laughs> called the baby the replacement for quite a, yeah. quite a bit. <laughs> Which is great. How are you finding going back to, because it's, it's, as an old, you're, you're approaching 50, it's a very old yeah. age. Um, approaching? I mean, uh, is the word approaching appropriate to feeling like you're driving 180 miles now <laughs> towards a fucking brick wall? Is that... I'm through the brick wall. I'm yeah, at the other right, side. Yeah, yeah. How is and it? It's marvellous. Sunlit uplands. It's the sunlit uplands. Of, yeah, the sunlit uplands of your of oh, Brexit yeah. 50s. Yes, yeah. Is it everything? Um, global herring? Well, I've, global moved, herring? I've moved to Hertfordshire, so, you know... It's oh, all, yeah, it's all much more global. Yeah, it's, yeah. Going, it's, it's all happening. <laughs> Um, Can't wait for that blue passport. Fuck me. <laughs> they were black, right? One of the things that's going on right now in politics is people are barefaced fucking lying the whole time. And they're going, it's a return. We're going to finally get our iconic blue passport back. And they show a blue passport. They were never that colour. <laughs> yeah. That's all. <laughs> they were dark. Dark, no, they were black. Dark. They were fucking black. And apparently the reason they were that colour, um, and sometimes dark blue and sometimes black, is because back then, before anyone gave a flying fuck about design, they didn't settle on a Pantone for it. So it would just be whatever ink the passport office had <laughs> right. to dye the colours. 
that were laid down, get this, by the League of Nations in 1921. <laughs> a foreign power. <laughs> Sorry, authority. But there you go. History. No point learning any. <laughs> no, but it's brilliant being a dad again. Yeah. It's really ace. Although my, my ankle hurts and my knee hurts. And, yeah. And I'm... I'm tired, but I'm much more chilled about it than I was. The first baby, you, when you get home with, the fir- with one's first baby, you think, I, everything I do will kill this child. <laughs> I'll pick it up, I might kill it. <laughs> yeah. Put it back down, it will die. <laughs> <laughs> and by the third one, the man. Third one, whatever. <laughs> are you crying, are you? Mm, yeah. I'm going downstairs. <laughs> See this? Caught a door. <laughs> There's another one down there as well. There'll be two between us. <laughs> they're, fairly, they're fairly hardy on the whole, so yeah, it's good. It's... No, you've got to really try. You've got to really try. <laughs> I gather. Yes. Um, so yeah, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, I mean, I, I worry about like, Seeing, seeing my th- one to university, my two to university. I mean, one of them's a bit stupid, so the second one, I think the boy might get to university. Uh, and <laughs> not sexist, just my daughter's stupid. That's, uh, I was pushing my daughter on the swing. It's coincidence, the, isn't it? I pushed my daughter on the swing the other day, and she was, she was grabbing at the, she was grabbing every yeah. time we got to the top. I said, What are you doing? She said, I'm trying to catch the clouds. Stupid, they're 500 feet in the air. She's never going to get them. <laughs> 500 feet, that's a very low car- carriage. <laughs> I mean, someone else like is stupid <laughs> round here. Approximately. Um, no, the, I, I, I wonder whether I will... Uh, I wonder, well, I'll live to see my It's your genius. dick, like approximately... <laughs> it's approximately 500 feet. 500 feet. That's how I measured how high the clouds were. <laughs> You're in dense fog, weren't you? <laughs> Why have you gone back to having more children, you idiot? You could have had your whole... You know what it's like when a woman says, I'll leave you? <laughs> I am aware Yet of again. that. Yet <laughs> again. Cast your mind back. I'm aware of that. To I've Tuesday. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just sort of... It felt like the, yeah, you know, no, it was time it's... to do it again, you know, finally. And I, I kind of, you know, I got drag kicking and screaming because I am old. And also, one of the things about having you know, an 18-year-old and a 14-year-old. Uh, my 18-year-old has finally exited the arsehole phase. Right. Right. She was an, ar- an arsehole for five years. S- solid. She's, <laughs> she's just a prick now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and we've all, we were all arseholes. 13 to 18. Yeah. Yeah. Prick till you're 21. Yeah. <laughs> Twat till you're 25. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is all shifting with, you know the new world that we live in now. I mean, I think people are probably pricks now until they're 30. No, definitely. And 40 is the new, like, 30. So, so they're prick. Well, they're, so they're up, I don't know, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> taking that joke to breaking point. Um, <laughs> Let's leave this behind because it's a bit crude. Um, have you... If you had to have a chocolate bar inserted in your anus... <laughs> mm. Which... But you can choose which chocolate bar is. Which chocolate bar would you put up there? Um... They're laughing already. Topic. Topic is good. Yeah. What has a hazelnut in every bite? <laughs> Topic. 
short, you see. Topic is chunky but short, so yeah. you get it over with. Yeah. You wouldn't want like a full, you wouldn't want a marathon duo. George wants a, 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 a toad run from an airport up there. No, it might be why he's always ill. <laughs> Not tonight, George, you've got a headache. Bye! That would like make a rippling noise, wouldn't it? As you... <laughs> <laughs> and now with the new ones, I don't know if the big ones are still the Yeah, they're not as big as they were, are they? Yeah. 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 Brexit. I mean, there's some. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Brussels. I'll ask you this question. I'll do a couple of most questions now we're here. Uh, what is the worst music you've ever had on whilst having sex? Preferably, you know, like, as I've uh, said, I had Enya's Sail Away, which was difficult to mm. cope with. Well, so did I. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> That's who you are. Uh, yeah. I knew I knew your face from somewhere. <laughs> Both of us failing. To... Um, oh, God, that's a... Um, I, oh, yeah, the Christians. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had an extremely unsatisfying short <laughs> encounter at university. Yes. We are a very drunk, delight, a lovely drunk lady. Yes. Put the Christians on. <laughs> Forgotten town. Like that. And I think I got about halfway through the first number on the cassette. <laughs> Didn't get to hear any of the deep cuts on, <laughs> on the B-side. And maybe that was why I got the Enya sail away on, because that would be hard to ejaculate to. Mm. So that's just a way of prolonging the experience mm. for the lady. It's quite a clever choice. Yeah, no, clearly. Yeah. Clearly, she was playing her cards right. Yeah, although I could, I, you know, that the opposite problem was probably the issue. <laughs> I couldn't. Which opposite know, problem? Well, I couldn't. You know, I, you didn't, couldn't. I didn't find it arousing to have the right. Enya on. Right. <laughs> Mm. <clears throat> Have you ever worked as a dominatrix at any point? <laughs> Not to my knowledge. <laughs> I used to live with someone who was going out with one. Oh, yes, that's, yes yeah. so you did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't happy about that. No. Well, I couldn't make his mind up. Like the idea. Yeah. In principle. Yeah. No practice. Yeah, well, it's difficult because, you you know, your partner is going out and... Well, not as Desiree, 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 Desiree. said, um, you know, you're not actually... She was a virgin. She wasn't having sex with people. So, you know, but you're going out and stomping on men's necks. It's difficult if you're the partner of that person. Yeah. If you, you know, you're a young idiot. Whoever this... Um, this this young man may have been. <laughs> uh, here's another most question for you. Would you rather be able to stop time and rewind your life 20 seconds, but only once per day, or touch God's cock? B. B. Touch God's cock. Yeah. No, I'm the bloke who's touched God's cock. That's true. Right, and that's like a... That's, you, you set up a ter church of the touched cock of God. Yeah. Registers to charity because churches charities <laughs> fucking bazinga. Wouldn't you be worried it'd be a bit like a Raiders of the Lost Ark scenario where if you touched God's cock you would all get burnt up? 
It's worth a bun. <laughs> I mean, 20 seconds. That, you, you've not really offered... That really is not like a fair fight between those two options. That's, all right, it's 25 seconds. Hiya. <laughs> would you like to travel back in time, Al? Yeah, I would, definitely, Where would you, yeah. you go if you could travel um, back in time? Oh, uh, or the, lo, there's so many, so many brilliant places you could go on. Yeah. There? There's so many interesting things. And it's whether you want to be a participant or simply an advert, observer. Okay. Um, uh, uh, which, after all, is the time traveller's uh, conundrum, <laughs> isn't it? conundrum, yeah. Is to simply observe and not change the course of events because of the grandfather paradox, as we know. Or whether you, um, you know, get fucking stuck in. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, open a history book when you get home and there's a picture of you and you go, oh, my God. <laughs> Which is the, uh, you know, how bad writing about time travel is. It's yeah. those two options. <laughs> it is. Um, wouldn't it be interesting to be a fly on the wall at the cabinet meeting where, in the run-up to the Iraq war, they're discussing actually what intelligence they actually had? What, well, no, no, seriously, because the thing is... is there is now a story about the fact they lied, right, and everything. But at the time, they had... Sift, when you look at any his, historical story about when people are sifting intelligence, right, and trying to weigh intelligence up, they bring to it a set of preconceptions where there's a, an end, what they want from the intelligence, what the intelligence actually offers them, and then how that then plays out. And um, a really good example of that is... Um, a thing I'm really interested in, which is the Battle of Arnhem, which famously, if you've seen the bridge too far, the myth is we knew perfectly well there were tanks there all along and it was kept secret from the men who were sent there, right? Well, that's not the case. That isn't what happened. They knew the tanks were there, which is why they sent more men than they originally planned to send to deal with that problem, and even then they couldn't deal with the problem. So they, they did assess the intelligence. They then made a decision based on it because they were so excited about the potential outcome potential result, yeah. and that which would be ending the war in 1944. Brilliant, you know, who, who could argue against that possible outcome, right? And, but they, they didn't take the intelligence seriously enough and overestimated their own capability, which is exactly what happened in the Iraq war. The outcome, the, the outcome that you get rid of Saddam Hussein is arguably completely de a desirable outcome, arguably. There's lots of firm arguments for, for that, yeah. right? But they misinterpreted the intelligence because they wanted it to give them something that they could use, sure. right? And, and that, it would be brilliant to be in that, in that cabinet room watching Campbell and, or, um, although that wasn't even a cabinet decision, was it? But watching those people argue about that and John Scarlett come in and go, well, I got this and, and you can spin it that way if you want. That would, be, that would be amazing because that's the most important political event of the last 20 years by a long way. That moment, that decision, how you made that decision. Because that decision is the moment that discredits cabinet politics, parliamentary politics, party politics, has destroyed it. That moment of trust being destroyed. Because every moment of trust that succeeded that has been because of that. And, uh, or has lived in the light of that moment. And if they'd thought differently, you know, maybe we wouldn't have joined the American coalition and we wouldn't now have a situation where party politics is regarded as this sort of as this basically hollowed out joke. Yeah. Um, so that would be a brilliant thing to see. <laughs> it would. And then you could come travel. back and let them know. I'd come back and go, 
They all, th- you know, because you could come back and go, they all, you know, as far as they could tell, it was kosher. Yeah. You know, because because that often that's what happens with intelligence summaries is as far as you can tell from what's in front of you, it really is real. Yeah. And, you know, and in the Iraq war, Saddam, in the run-up to the Iraq, Iraq war, Saddam had a very good reason to maintain the notion that he had weapons of mass destruction to try and stop him from being attacked. Yeah. Right? You, if, you, if you remove him from how you view that, scenario it's all quite easy to explain but if you don't if you if, if you don't do if you if you do remove him you're not being honest about the entire picture but it would be brilliant to be at that moment and see what what was actually going because we all know what we fucking think and it's colored everything that's happened particularly since you know every the, the crash the expenses scandal the um the the 2010 coalition government all of that has been in the light of the that failure of trust that we all think comes from the dodgy dossier and everything. And maybe it was a dodgy, it would be, I just want to know, you know, what the, <laughs> what the new, so, because if we are right to, right to not trust them, that would be, it'd be good to know that we're right That'll to. That would probably come out though, wouldn't it, eventually? Well, it might do. Not I mean, I, I, I mean, I hung out, last year I hung out with a guy who wrote, who was on the Chilcot Report, um, a guy called Lawrence, Larry Friedman, who's a, who's a, who's a academic who set up the staff college at Shrivenham, right? And he's a really amazing man and, um, really fascinating bloke, and 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 you talk to him about it, and he goes, they really did think they were doing the right thing, which doesn't mean that they were doing the right thing, but they really, you know, yeah, honestly went into it, honestly thinking they were doing the right thing. Right? Well, I think because I which think... is which is and lots of things in history with great outcomes of people yeah. been going into it honestly thinking they did the right thing. Yeah, you know. Well, I think Tony Blair was so cautious throughout his early prime ministership. Because he had that massive majority, and, yeah, then, and then he then felt he, like it's all going to happen. And everyone was behind him, and then he was like, "Oh, I don't want to upset." Well, no, he was frightened of. He had. The, I mean, he, and he said that. You know, they had a that landslide majority, and then they was worried about the Daily Mail. They could have reformed the House of Lords. They could have torn so much fucking stuff up. And they did do radical things like abolishing third world debt and all that. But I'm not. You know, I'm not interested in defending the Blair government. No. Um, because they were a government, so they were obviously shit. Because <laughs> governments are shit. It's a tough job. Of course it is. I, would, I don't want to do it. That's why I tell jokes for a living. Drink red wine at night with you. <laughs> but no, that's the thing I'd like. That, you yeah. know, if there's one event in recent history you'd want to time travel to, that'd be it. I'd go back to 1941 yep. and then hook up with the barmaid in the nearest pub to wherever I was <laughs> and have a relationship with her and then I'd just travel back between the two. <laughs> and have, I'd probably have a kid with the barmaid. No one's ever going to commission that. <laughs> they cancel it. You'll get to feel that again. <laughs> everything gets cancelled, Al. Everything well, no, gets cancelled. Well, no, that was the thing Harry Hill once said to me. He said, don't forget, everything except the news in EastEnders, everything gets cancelled. <laughs> you can only cancel it yourself by dying. Or drink it. driving. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, as, they, as people say when they're trying to be witty about things that have happened. I've seen, allegedly. Have you seen the video of him getting out of the car? It's like I've the seen most, it. I've allegedly seen it. It's like he's... Allegedly. He might not be doing driving, he might just be playing the part of a ma- the most drunk man in the world. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Fucking be, hell, Rich. It's happened around, it happened around your gaff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. That could have been you. Local. local. You could have been caught up in that mild prang. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if but he I killed wasn't. you. Well, then... Then this would be a rubbish... You'd be talking to Andrew you... Lawrence, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
good question. Um, <sighs> is having sex with a Frankenstein cheating <laughs> on your partner? If you're in a relationship with someone and you have sex with a Frankenstein, is that would that be a all Frankenstein's right? Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the monster. Yeah, the Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> the whole body or just the skeleton? <laughs> no, the, whole, the, whole, the whole thing. Can I get another one of these that will answer the question? Another glass. Um, yeah, um, uh, yeah um, it would be cheating. What? But it would be, it would be like level two. Yeah. Because they're dead. It's the dead body's exactly. been reanimated, exactly. so it's not... Exactly. So you could just say the death wipes out yeah. till death has due part. That well, it kind depends of whether you thing. then switch the Frankenstein back off again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, though, if part of the Frankenstein was part of your partner, so there was a bit of your partner in the Frankenstein? Well, it's definitely not cheating. <laughs> okay. In fact, that's the most honourable thing a man can do. <laughs> So, is having sex with someone that your partner has donated an organ to cheating? As long as part of your partner is in them. Well, you're donating an organ in the process. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Temporary. My second wife, she won't cook the hand for me. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, some of these moral dilemmas, with all due respect... Yes. <laughs> Uh, very revealing. Well, well there's not a select committee thrashing these out right now. <laughs> well, but it tells us a the lot. The Warnock Report doesn't. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> the Warnock Report. Yeah, it was about whether um, kids should have the pill without their parents knowing. I don't remember. You got yeah, a very. I've got a very long, deep you memory. Know. There's uh, some wine. Boom. Is <laughs> the wine guy? Thank you, young man. He's the wine guy. The wine guy. He's the wine guy. <laughs> the wine guy. <laughs> <laughs> on a retainer. Um, you did film 18, film 2018. Last week, and I'm yeah. doing it again this week. Oh, congratulations, that's Thank good. Thank you. Yeah, well, basically, Zoe Ball dropped out. Oh, yeah. They rang round. I was free. Cool. <laughs> but that's uh, how some of the greatest stories in entertainment begin, I think. <laughs> you know? I'd like to apologise to Alex Pachula, who, uh, who wanted to pass on a message to you, but I oh, misread yeah. it. It was like, you know, like on Twitter, there's a lot of people who are just nasty. Yeah, yeah. And it said something like, oh, I saw, tell Al, I saw him on film 2018. Yeah. And it made me, it was basically, he was being nice, but I had a go at him because I thought he was oh. taking the piss out of you. saying, you know, it made me want him to replay, made me wish for, he was the regular host or something like that. Yeah. But it was phrased in a way you could read it both yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, I sometimes so, blunder into yeah, those. Yeah, so I went, oh, why don't you stop being so negative and tell people? And he went, I was being nice. I was saying he was really good. So he really liked you oh, on good. the film Well, the production really liked me because I can do this week. Yeah. I've, uh, <laughs> the thing is, uh, no, it was, a, it was, a, so it, you know, what is really weird is that BBC One have got this film programme that's on uh, 11.15. It's live, yeah. right, on a Wednesday night at 11.15, because apparently Claudia Winkleman liked it being live. Right. She's long gone, but they've <laughs> kind of stuck with it, right? But it's, a, such, a, it's, a, it's such a weird gig, because um, so it's me and uh, a couple of critics, so it's Chris and Ellen last week, and uh, the same again this week. And you do, uh, you, you have to... You have to do, I have to do a trail um, to camera. We go, hi, it's uh, uh, hi, I'm Al Murray, and uh, tonight on Film 2018, we'll be taking a journey into the robot world of Pacific Rim. You know, you do the, you do the three films, yeah. or the intro, and then you go, so that's at 11.15 BBC One. See you there, right? But the really weird thing about it was, is um, I didn't know if we were shooting that live, 
because they make the program live. I didn't yeah. know. You so said they go, all right, Al, here we go. And it's an earpiece. 10987654321. And at one, it went, fa, 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 fa. And I basically, oh, fuck, how is this happening? Right, why, why am I in film 86? Right, which is what I think of it as. Yeah. And, um, and, and the, that music was, was really, you know, you, you have these peculiar things when you start basically filling in for people at half term. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is my, broad, my broadcasting level. That's the crust I've broken through. You know. Steve Wright Steve wants Wright, Easter yeah. Monday off. Get Al Murray. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great out, out job, Al. See you at Whitson. <laughs> and, uh, have a regular gig? Nope. And, uh, you know, I'm the fucking bank holiday cover. And, um, but it was, it, it, it was very odd hearing that music and, and then you're on, the, and then yeah. you're on the, down the barrel on the telly doing it. Very peculiar. But it's a, it's a sweet gig. I mean, yeah. I, I saw the Wes Anderson uh, uh, Isle of Dogs today, oh, yeah. um, uh, animated dog movie and um, uh, animated dog island is what, how I remember it rather than Isle of Dogs. And uh, <laughs> would have been its working title. Uh, and then, Ready Player One tomorrow, which is the, the great Spielberg... The, well, I don't know yet if it's any good. The Spielberg uh, virtual reality film, mm -hmm. which is basically Lawnmower Man with money. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's good that it's live, though, because, you know, what if, if a new film comes out at 11.30... Well, I, I think it must have... Well, no. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I think, it, I think it may well have been designed so she could come from, a, you could come from a premiere. Right, I'll just Hot in. from a premiere in your, in your ball gown dress, as yeah. a friend of mine used to say, and, um, and, and, and do the review then and there. But um, it, it, it means you can't write it properly. It means you can't put it together. You know, I'm the cover. I don't, I don't, what do I know? It's just a bit of a laugh. And these yeah. gigs come up where you do these weird cover gigs, and they're, they're really good fun. Yeah, well, Steve Wright can't last forever. You could get to take that over. He's an old, old man. <laughs> I love Steve Wright. The only thing I, I, I listen to Steve Wright in the afternoon. The only I don't like serious jocking. You, you know he does serious jocking. Yes. You guys not listen to Radio Two on a Friday. He does serious jocking, and then he says, "Please email him with your jock with your serious jocking puns." They're not puns. People just go in. Um, I'm out in my caravan, serious caravanning. That's not, it's just taking the G off the end of a word ending I-N-G. Am I the only one who knows about this? <laughs> Seriously, it's the most popular radio programme in the world. It Why is. is this not getting more? It's when, you, when I filled in, for, I did last year, I had to fill in for like a, a week of it. Yeah. And, uh, and there's that bit where the, afterwards, where the producer goes, well, that was pretty good. You know, the six and a half million people listening. <laughs> and, and basically, the, you know, the, the blood drains out of your body yeah. completely. You think, fuck, I, w w was, I any, was I any good? I don't know. And, that, uh, and the, you know, luckily they tell you that after. Yeah. But it's and then you forget for the next and one. And you have to forget for the next <laughs> one. Come back and, hey, yeah, yeah, can I have a prep crayfish sandwich, yeah. please? Carry on like normal. It's fun, though. But he's it's good. He's, I really like him. He's, very, he's a very good... Longevity. Guy. Well, you know, he, but when he interviews you, he's, he knows about what you are. Well, that's, you he's are. one of the really... Um, that is actually the thing about Steve. He, he doesn't um, look someone up on Wikipedia and then ask, yeah. ask the three things that you've done since the last time you're on. He does proper research. Well, and then he edits out all the bits which makes him sound inept. <laughs> those are the best bits. <laughs> I have to put those in on purpose because people like Well, you wouldn't so make much. the fucking time. 
Oh, I was going to talk to you about something else then. I had an idea. Oh, this is... It's, 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 a, it's 101 podcasts since you were last on. That's incredible, don't you think? It feels like... Ooh! You were podcast 79 and you are podcast 108. That was after the last election, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how things have changed since... Uh, well, it went out in September 2015, but we, yeah, yeah. we did it. Don't tell anyone. In July 2015. Uh, we covered it quite cleverly in the podcast. Um, and... <laughs> A lot's happened since then. You just stood for Parliament and uh, yeah. failed to get elected, but close. Which was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> there, was a, uh, there was an item on the on, on BBC website the other day going, 10 celebrities who tried to be politicians and failed. <laughs> right? And I actually, I replied to them once and said, I was taking a piss, right? You know, the, the manifest, each point in the manifesto was a fucking joke. Yeah. Like, any way you read them, read them they were jokes. Right? I, we, I did not try to become a politician. <laughs> Could have been a politician. No, I did not try to become a politician. <laughs> you stood. Explicitly, did not, I, know I, I know I stood, <laughs> but, you know, is Lord Sucks trying to be a politician? Was Los... Well, God, God rest his soul. Yes, you know, he was. Dog passports, that was his idea. He got it into law. Yeah. <laughs> and they were black. <laughs> um, not blue. <laughs> the, um, a lot's changed since 2015. In politics, in politics, but I don't know that I don't know that our lives have changed particularly. I mean, that's the other, you know, of course, the the, friend, the the sort of surface frenzy of politics, the froth, the, you know, you have got the Westminster froth, and then the all the people um, who think they're engaged in politics in social on social media who are actually just call each other names. <laughs> right? That's not being engaged with politics. That's not engaging with ideas, discussing what on earth we fucking do next. How we solve the problems, deep structural problems we've got in our country, call each other names. Fucking Tories isn't an argument. It's not an argument, <laughs> right? Fucking socialists isn't an argument. It, it, you know, but it's become one. It's, it's, it's awful. And that was all incubated in that election. That was all coming in that election. Conspiracy theories is the explanation to everything. People, you know, the idea that people are only arguing, you know, that people, the relentless argument. That, that surfaced during the EU, that people were only in favour of the EU because they were being paid by the EU, or because that was the, they were, you know, stooges for the EU, rather than accepting arguments in good faith and thrashing them out in good faith. And that's gone, that's evaporated amongst people who regard themselves as politically engaged with the people on social media. There's a complete lack of good faith in argument in politics at the moment. It's awful. And it's, and, and it's infected government. Right, yeah. you know, the, the the Brexit argument is an argument, and the, and the way they're pursuing the deal is an argument of total bad faith, top to bottom, and the, and I would I would really I mean I would really like to hear one of these intellectual levers because there are some people who style themselves as that, right? What is it? <laughs> Come on then. Yeah. You talked us into it two years ago. What what actually fucking is it? And they don't know. Because it was only ever, if you're in the Tory party, whether you were for or against Europe, it was which bar you drank in. It, it, ran no, it ran no deeper than that. Which gang you were in within the Tory party to compete, com retain control of the Tory party. So when they actually won, it had no meat on it at all. Yeah. And it, how irresponsible is that? That's the thing that really makes... Because if it's a good idea... Yeah. If it really is a good idea, and there's lots of clever people who think it's a good idea, well, then what the fucking hell is it? <laughs> Show us. Yeah. Well, until we work out what it is, we don't know what it's going to be. That's the problem. <laughs> Brexit <laughs> so means Brexit. 
I mean, it, um, and, and, and the thing is, is the, thing that, the thing that dismays me more than anything else about this is it's our generation. It's the people you and I were at university with who've done this. Yeah. And that's the... Th and we're not that... We're not that kind of dick. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were underground in the... Uh, the I know, I know. Exactly, union. exactly. The Oxford Union had upstairs the politics. Yeah, and downstairs Boris Johnson, the idiots. And downstairs the comedians, Armando Iannucci, yeah. Stuart Lee, Al Murray. Um, someone should write a play about it. That's well, all we're going to get good, out of it. Wouldn't be a good play. Won't be very good because we never met the other side. No, <laughs> the other no, side. no, no. We no were encounters with them ever. No. But we I remember Rhys Mogg sort of flitting around, you know, yeah. throwing his right-wing shapes. Yeah. Because that's did, all he's doing. Did he's he have just a throwing big, shapes. Did he, have a, did he have a top hat on at university? No, but I remember him looking like Plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is it, it, the thing, it really, you know, it dismays me that it's our, it's our generation that have done this. And they've done it, the Tory end of it, have done it chiefly for sport. They've done it, because the, 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 you know, you could argue that we live in a, we live in a, you could argue, and I often argue this, we live in, aside from the outliers, we live, we live in an extremely rich country with inequalities, but is generally extreme, is generally rich. If you compare it to a place like Cambodia, where people don't have cradle to grave healthcare, we are all essentially rich, yeah. right? And, and, and I know there's food banks and I know there's, Disability, people on disability being cracked down on. I know all about that. But in Cambodia, none of that structure exists. So none of the things, that, that, none of the safety net that, 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 that's being, being tinkered with and attacked and all that, that hap that's happening here. And so I'm not, I'm not saying none of that's real. But none of that exists in a place like Cambodia. There is no national health service. So in that sense, we are rich people. We're entertained to death. We're idle. We live for, for forever. We have foreign people who come and wipe our asses for us in the places where we go to die, right? What is there for politics to do? <laughs> Arguably, yeah. you know? The trains run roughly on time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's quite seriously, and we're kind of, we're, I think we're kind of in a sort of, you know, we're, we're in a kind of wealthy stasis. Um, and we're at the, you know, we're not at the top of the heap, we're near the top of the shit heap. Yeah. Right, and so politicians, in the end, have run out of causes. They've run out of um, crusades. Barbara Castle famously said that um, in the late sixties that Labour had a real problem on their hands because everyone now had an indoor toilet. Right, that they'd conquered kids in clogs poverty. Right, so they were going to have to find something else to to to, to tackle in that yeah. respect. And uh, you know, it was honest of her to uh, to talk about that like that. And obviously there are there are other things that but but, but we live in a we we and this isn't to say I mean because the moment you posit this argument people go oh you know you don't care about the people at the bottom I really I really really fucking do but there, there are people way below on another whole other bottom that we don't we don't think about generally um, uh, which is why our politics has is, has become unimportant, and they're arguing about the constitutional arrangements the whole time. If you're arguing about constitutional arrangements, you're not arguing about anything meaningful to people's lives. You know, if you're tinkering with the constitution, you're not worrying about schools, you're not, you're not spending your time on schools, you're not spending your time on healthcare, you're not spending your time on, on defense or jobs or transport or yeah. 
any of those fucking things. You're arguing about how many... You are actually what you're doing as a politician. You're arguing about how much power politicians should have. Yeah. And why wouldn't they? Are you know, that's. Yeah. So when they're taking a gamble that we might be very slightly better off or a lot worse off <laughs> after, after well, or, we do, or it's just kind of roughly the same, but yeah. it's going to cost us a shitload of money. <laughs> but I don't yeah. know. I mean, you know, we, it, it 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 sort of strikes me. I and mean, the the Conservative Party has a history of every other generation. It reaches a point. Imperial preference is the you know, mm. is when uh, Corn Laws, Imperial Preference, um, uh, Home Rule in Ireland were, were generational points where the Conservative Party would have its own internal problem, right, where they couldn't... They're a tribe, and they can never decide whether they're patriotic or whether they're um, free trade. Because if you're patriotic, you can't be free trade because that involves letting other people have a, yeah. a crack, right? And every other generation have this problem where they go, ah, fuck! <laughs> How do we resolve this? And rather than resolve it themselves, they, they um, put it to the country to solve their problem for them and then have a reset and soldier on like... Which is exactly what's happened to yeah. us. To us. You know, and you read about the Corn Laws and you think, well, that's, that's those daft fucking Victorians. Ooh, never happened here. And it's exactly what's happening right now. And it's distracting from everything else. Well, that's the problem. I was talking, we had Jess Phillips on and talking about that. Yeah. The fact that there's no other business can be done because uh, you know and there's <laughs> there's nothing else to talk about uh, but there's lots of other things that should be being done it seems like to me that both part main parties are using it as an attempt totally. to shore themselves up totally and not caring about what totally. the country it's and, kind of and, crazy that they both are basically and, uh, well, opportunistically um i mean the, the, you know when you look into the polling and because the, 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 the famous labor constituencies that voted leave right that that, that labor need to protect or they are or they'll vote they won't vote labor when you when you when you when they poll those people, in or out of the EU is like fifteenth, right? So, if Labour switched to Remain, would those people abandon Labour? We don't know, do we? But it it, <laughs> it looks pretty unlikely because they're concerned about because 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 Leave got fed through a prism of all the other things that were going on in the country. You know, yeah. I mean, if, if Leave 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 was basically, do you like the way things are now? Yes or no? <laughs> I mean, what are you going to... Which button are you going to fucking push? <laughs> right? And, and, you know, that, 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 that's, what the, that's what the referendum boiled down to. But, I mean, we're all... So, I mean, the other thing is... Apparently, one of the things Cameron said to... Cameron said before the referendum, he got... He, he, I can't remember where I read this, but basically he got all this sort of... He got the... Before everyone picked a side, before Boris and all those people picked a side, he said to them, look, do we really want... Do you really want 10 years of Euro wank? Right? Because <laughs> that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Lo and behold, here we are. Well, it'd be interesting if, you know, Boris Johnson wrote those two articles and if he'd decided to go the other way. Or when you see that with the face of... <laughs> I, do, I, I actually, I think that's oversold. I don't think... I think if he'd been for Remain, it would, still be, it would have still been leave. Because you've had four, 30 years, because the press, of course, were in favour of it when it first happened. 30 years of... I mean... 30 years of relentless negativity about Europe. Yeah. Politicians, un, you know, remain more caught in the hot. Remain, all the people on the remain side have never ever had to make a case for it before because it was the status quo, right? Whereas if you're against the status quo, you can make any old case, yeah. promise any old shit. So, I mean, I don't think Boris, which side Boris on make, makes a jot of difference. It's, it's, do you like things as they are now? You press no, don't you? Because there's a lot to be annoyed about. Yeah. Mainly, fucking foreigners. <laughs> well, so that's the other thing. You look at all the research and, and you look at the word cloud. It's immigration. Yeah, yeah. 
And that, you know, people have been dishonest about that. Just, just be honest about it. Yeah. It, well, it, well, interesting. We're on a fucking down here. Um, we? <laughs> well, the pub landlord. We were so, laughing about cocks. The, the pub landlord. Like, oh, I was going to fuck a topic. Yeah. Well, well the topic was. We're doing that right now. <laughs> um, uh, the pub landlord said something I hadn't really considered. And, uh, mm. I think it's very. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that someone should have said before him because the sovereignty issue is like we get sovereignty but we don't get we lose our say in well no I mean of the... course the, the you know I mean so the, the, the no I mean I was a bit annoyed when I wrote this bit of material that yeah. it doesn't get articulated is that sovereignty if you pool sovereignty arguably you have far more influence than if you don't yeah Right, because we were part of a. Well, we're going to. We're still part of it, but you know, I mean, which is of course the embarrassing thing about the the, the Skripal affair is suddenly we're going to the EU. We all need to stick together in the face <laughs> of Russian aggression, and Europe's going. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, as if you know, we've just we've told them to fuck off. Yeah. That's the anyway. Um, yeah. So you you know, if you're part of a thing, they can't. You know, the idea that that we lack sovereignty because they they can tell us what we can and can't do. Well, we can tell them what they can and can't do. We actually extended our power over hundreds of millions of people in a way that we never had done before without firing a shot, yeah. which is our usual way of extending power. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, the, 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 no one ever talked about it like that in terms of influence, if influence is the thing you want. Yeah. But, it's, you know, all of this is so... I mean, honestly, all of this is so boring. And they forced us into a boring... <laughs> Play some of these wankers. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. I've got a plan. All right, have you time travelled? Uh, is this you actually time travelling? Have you come back I think, from 2025? Um, I think. Uh, the, I think. I believe the children are our future. Mm. <laughs> That's why I'm really fucking terrified. <laughs> I've met your children. <laughs> we'll see. I think things have oh, to... I God, think we're on a downer now. We were a laugh earlier, and it's like, oh, God. This is what okay. they've done to us, these bastards. Those people who are upstairs while we were sniggering at them. <laughs> you could do a TV series about it. Call it Downstairs Upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pitch it. Let's take it in. Get Sorkin to write it. Sorkin? Yeah, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. From off the West Wing. Mm. He could do it. I'd be the main character in it. <laughs> Playing that 19-year-old version of myself. Well, it's all about suspension of belief, isn't it? <laughs> um, you uh, played Bottom opposite Judy Dench. That's one of the things that's happened since I saw you. Yeah. yeah. It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's on the it's on YouTube somewhere. Oh, is it? it w that was amazing. That was a really mad night. Because it was um it was Shakespeare what was the anniversary? For a four hundred of his from his death. Thirty fifth anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> You're time travelling again, Rich. And uh and and it was it was very odd. I got the call. Do you want to do this thing, right? And 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 Greg Doran rang me. He's the director of the RSC, and said, "I really, I, I I would really love you to do this." And it's one of those phone conversations where he he obviously was going to pitch, and I went, "Yep." 
Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and it, it. I've always thought that the one thing I'd love to see is Al Murray's bottom, and we all have a good laugh at that. And uh, they go, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, 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 I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll be appearing opposite. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what happened is the, the is when he when he asked me to do it in, in the January, is it wasn't it wasn't. Um, uh, Judy Dench someone else is going to do it right. who then went into the Harry Potter play right. and they wouldn't release her um, so they ring me back and go I went away to Melbourne the Melbourne Festival I get back from the Melbourne Festival I got a message on my aunt's phone um, you, re- you, um, you need to schedule in your rehearsals with Judy Dench and you're like mm, <laughs> fuck <laughs> right um, and, and but the, be- the, the best thing about it was there's this moment we we we, we, we did a couple of rehearsals and John Lithgow was in the thing before me right. doing, doing Malvolio because he, he, he took a summer out to go to Stratford and do Malvolio in Twelfth Night and right. you know quit Hollywood to do, to do the RSC and he's in the wings about to go on and he goes he leans over and goes hey Al you got to follow me and I'm really good <laughs> and then <laughs> and then <laughs> goes on Ah, mistress, mistress, you know, like really funny. Um, but, and you're thinking, because it was live, it was live telly, yeah. I and mean, it was really, really, um, although what it was, it, it, it was really strange, because it was all very, Prince Charles did a, did a, did a bit, they oh, did this yes. Hamlet sketch. Yeah, I remember seeing that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Given the uh, occasion, they got, they got, they, that was perfect. Yeah. Um, although Papa, Esidu, uh, 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 who was the guy playing Hamlet, and it was the, they'd done their first black Hamlet at the RSC. Okay. In 2015, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> little behind schedule. And um, he, he had to come on and do, to be or not to be, that is the question. And then Tim Minchie came on and went, no, nah, mate, you've got to go to be or not to be. Yeah. And then a series of people came on and did it like, Cumberbatch and Rory Kinnear and all these people come on and correct him. And then in the end, Prince Charles came on and went, no, 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 no. It's to be or not to be, that is the question, right? And then they went, ah, of course it is. And then they all, big laughs, they all fucked off. And Papa then had to do the speech again. (laughs) The whole thing from scratch. (laughs) Poor sod. Um, But it was a, it was a, it was an amazing night. And um, I go on and I do my, in me bottom in my ears and come on and all that and you know I was in a donkey jacket it's quite brilliant yeah it's clever um, <laughs> they're not very some really clever people <laughs> really clever people are working in theatre today and um, and uh, and in rehearsal I'd said yeah but when Judy comes on behind me no one's going to no one's going to be looking at me uh, I said this to Greg he went, no, 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 don't be stupid. Of course they'll be looking at you. <laughs> and so there's a bit where, where she goes, what, what angel wakes me from my slumber or whatever? And the place basically went apeshit. <laughs> and it really was that. It's a really good, it's good for performers to have that moment. You go, what, you know, what am I, chopped liver? You know, absolutely. No one gave a flying fuck about me. I come on, I do all my antics, you know, where the bee sucks. It wasn't, but I can't remember, I can't remember the lines. I couldn't remember the lines, I can't remember the lines. And, uh, and she appears behind me, and they put her out on a thrust with all these fairies. And the place goes apeshit. It basically completely, it was brilliant. Everyone forgot I was there. And, uh, you know, <laughs> performers need that moment where they have their ego, like, yeah. sliced off of them. And that was it. You definitely do need that moment, Al. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you out of everyone. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it was a, it was an extraordinary thing to do. Sure. But also, um, it was, you, you, every now and again, you, you get to do these gigs, and 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 it, I was only on for like it was only like a four minute segment. So you go and do a bit, and then and then there's this mad curtain call where you're waiting in line behind Helen Mirren. <laughs> yeah. And and all the you know it's, it was totally Ian, Ian McKellen totally star-studded it was insane yeah. and you think complete imposter syndrome what on earth am I doing here <laughs> and no one talking to me in the lineup. <laughs> Prince Charles and Camilla come round <laughs> evening <laughs> move on swiftly Aww. but that's alright that's yeah Good to be good to be at that, and then and then essentially no, you're adrenalised for the next nine hours, and thinking did that actually happen? And have they invited you back to? Perform yeah, yeah, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, ah. I was going to go into um, uh, whatever they were doing last summer, but I couldn't. I, a Trinculo, which plays that? Oh, it's the Tempest. I played yeah. Trinculo at school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Here's. I'll do an audition for the uh, RSC now. There's my camera. Here's neither bush nor shrub to fend off any weather at all. And another storm brewing. I hear it sing in the wind. Is he a drunk? You same clever. <laughs> no, that's Stefano. He's drunk. All right. Well, I, got it. I couldn't do it. And I couldn't do it. And, um, and I have a feeling that I may have burned my bridge with the RSC by saying no. <laughs> uh, but I was working. Yeah. It's hard. And like, well, you, you've, done, you've done panto, so you know that kind oh, of... God, that was brilliant. You've done this a long... Well, long, it was longish... Thing in, in a play. 64. 64. God, Shows. That is a lot. Yeah. But like, concentrating in one this. place though. <laughs> one place, that must be good. No, that is the best bit. Because that's the whole thing of the tour, yeah. is the, the, yeah. the hard But bit. it's so funny because all the people in it are going, it's such hard work. <laughs> oh, darling, it's, this is going to be the hardest work of your life. And I'm thinking, I'm on it, I'm in about a third of it. <laughs> I, I normally do two hours on my own and have to, we have to drive there and then it, and it's in Preston. <laughs> so I want to kill myself and then... <laughs> Try playing Warsaw, mate. That's the... That's the... Warsaw. 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 All right, all right, okay. I thought you had like... Is there a Polish leg of the herring? <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and so, it, yeah. No, Panto is ace. Yeah. Really great. What were you in the Panto? Um, I don't know if you know the story of Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah, you're the beanstalk. No. You know... The, you know the hero's called Jack? Were you the goose that laid no. the topics, topic chocolate eggs? <laughs> no, the, the Jack has a brother... Okay. ...called Al. <laughs> and, and... Wait for it. He's the barman... <laughs> At the Squishy Cow Pat in Mootown. Okay. And a much older brother, by the it must have been from a previous well, previous relationship. I was 49. <laughs> Jack was 31. Okay. I'm uh, a white male. Yes. <laughs> Liam is a... Liam is... Well, basically, Clive, who played our mum, is a black guy. Right. That was the hilarious... <laughs> Can happen. Well, it can happen. I mean, nature offers that option. Look at twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> no, it was really, it was really good fun, and because uh, you get to sing and cock about, but also the, there's that thing you you can't say fuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, oh, here, oh, this is proper showbiz anecdote. Okay, come right. So um, just before I just before I did it, I, I was filming this thing, and Jimmy Tarbuck was there. It was a program about the London Palladium, right. and Tarbuck goes, "Ah, oh, what?" He always calls me boy, and I'm like, "I'm 
come on, Jimmy. Like, <laughs> this is impossible. I'm in my late 40s. He goes, what, what are you up to at the moment, boy? I can't do an impression of you. I said, well, I'm doing Jack and the Beast. Oh, I did that. 1972, at wherever. And they did, we did 64 shows. They did like 180, you know, because they do three on a Saturday, three on a Sunday. And they'd start in end of November and go to, go basically go to like fucking April or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Completely mad. And he said, uh, he goes, you know when you're not in the mood? I'll tell you a story. Because he starts reciting the lines and they're the same because Panto scripts just get sort of passed on. Yeah. And he goes, you know when you're not in the mood? You come into work and you're just not in the mood. And I said, yeah. He goes, you know, I, I don't know what it was. Put, put some money on the wrong horse or something. I'm thinking, well, I've never gambled in my life. But... <laughs> Uh, and, and he goes, uh, and there's a bit where <laughs> there's this joke in the show where they go, I've, um, I've had to sell the, the, the C-O-W, right? Because the cow can understand, right? <laughs> Panto, get over yourselves, right? I mean, in A Midsummer Night's Dream, he's turned into a donkey and that's fucking art. Right? <laughs> Literature, Right? But the cow can understand. So you, he goes, uh, we've had to sell the COW. And the, the jester, Al, Idle Al, Idle Jack, or whatever he's called, goes, not the dog! Right? Yeah. <laughs> Huge fucking laugh. Right? <laughs> and they go, no, the COW. Go, no, not the cat. Right? And I try and do it differently every night to see which, in the end, which one will get the best, biggest laugh. Yeah, yeah. They're all the, it's one of those identical laugh every time, right? right. Regardless of how you performed it. And... So, and Tarbuck's going, you got that bit, haven't you? Well, one, 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 one day, uh, I, can't do, I can't do him. He goes, uh, um, you had to sell the COW. And he goes, oh, not the fucking cow. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, the whole room, you know, and it, uh, <laughs> Blackpool or something, the whole room went, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and he said apologies ladies and gentlemen you know tough morning <laughs> not the dog <laughs> and he said there was these little kids in the yeah. audience going say it again <laughs> it is a proper theatrical and so they all have to have the word fuck or cunt yeah, yeah. their punchline has to be yeah, cunt yeah, in yeah, most yeah, yeah. And then he said, what a cunt. And well, basically the, Come in my face, you filthy queer, is my <laughs> I'm not going to tell the anecdote. That's just the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh. Come in my face, you filthy queer. That's apparently how that story ends. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure, but I'm sure... It's not mine to tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we did an hour and 45 the last time we did, we did the podcast. Yeah. Have we beaten it? No. Feels like it. Keep it? going. Uh, I've, got to get a, I've got to get trains back to Hertfordshire now. It's all changed. You, you've changed. Uh, I've changed. It's all different. Um, you were, I, I didn't realise this about you. This is going to be... You were at boarding school when you were nine years. Really yeah, young, yeah, really I got Really yeah. young. Yeah. That's tough, isn't it? Well, I didn't like it. You weren't allowed to collect PG tips cards? No. Um, yeah, well, basically, um, it's quite simple. My dad worked for British Rail. And he could speak Spanish because um, he grew up in Spain. 
and uh, British Rail were trying to sell a railway to the Venezuelans. Right. Um, and, and, and so he um, he had a job in Venezuela and I remember he went for like sort of three months and I think my mum went well we're, we're we're coming out to Venezuela so we went out to Venezuela for three months and then I had to go to the school and then we came back from Venezuela but I still had to go to the school that they put me in <laughs> even though we'd come back from Venezuela <laughs> So there's, you know, the odd rejection issue in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, though. I mean, I can't imagine doing that, you know, like an eight or nine years old. I can't well, imagine I, that. I mean, it's, I think our generation's got a very different attitude towards kids than our parents' generation has. Yeah, they? definitely. I mean, you'd only send a kid to boarding school if they asked. And also, boarding schools now are unrecognisable from yeah. the thing I went to. You know, we had a... We were, I was in a... I was in a, uh, when I first went, it was a weekly boarding house, it was called. And so we would go home at the weekends, Saturday afternoon, we'd go home, come back Monday morning. And we had a, we had a housemaster and, and it was such a small building room. We'd hear him row with, we'd hear him, listen to, lie awake at night listening to him rowing with his wife, right? I mean, you get that at home. <laughs> Why does that cost extra? <laughs> but it was a very, it's a very, it is a peculiar experience. And, um, and then I, I did that till I was, you know, I was there for, till I was 18. Right. And for a long time, school was the longest place I'd lived in. Yeah. In my life. Before finally, I, you know, settled down in, in where I live now. Uh, uh, sort of 16, 17 years ago. Um, and it, it, I, I, I sort of, um, I do wonder what I'd be like if I hadn't gone. Yeah. I probably wouldn't be doing, you know, I, I know a big part of my kind of, uh, essential ego neediness that's made me into a performer comes completely out of being nine when I got there and just trying to fucking figure it all out because I was never very good at any of that. No. It's a, it's a, it's a very tough thing, you know, like I think there's a, there's a prejudice against public school boys and girls, which is sort of understandable. No, it's it? incomprehensible. I didn't choose to go to no, public but school. You, yeah, yeah. It wasn't my decision. If it had been my decision, fine. But to, 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 to pigeonhole someone as, oh, you went to boarding school. But yeah, yeah. And when I was nine, was I high-fiving my mum and dad for the opportunity? No, it's just it's stupid yeah. to, it, 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 to blame people for their background. Uh, and, 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 and mine's a privileged background. But to, but to blame someone for the upbringing they were put through is absurd. Yeah. And to judge them by it. And not, or not giving them the benefit of the doubt that they may have digested it and put, put it behind them. It's absurd. It's silly. It's like saying working class people are, can only ever be fucking oiks. Yeah. It's the same reflex. Well, it is. But they, you know, that's what the world <laughs> has become, hasn't it? It's, yeah. It's, you know, and as a comedian, you, you're, you know, on Twitter, then that's, that means something to the people on Twitter. It means that means something, <laughs> doesn't it? Well, no, I mean, the other, day, the other day, a guy, you know, oh, look at this, you know, in the opening paragraph of my Wikipedia page, because I've got this weird esoteric family yeah. uh, that I mainly know about because of my Wikipedia page. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's been the, the interesting thing is, oh, really? I had no idea, right? And they go, look at you, your upbringing, that must be how you think, right? Well, what if I were Jewish? Would they do that to me? And go look at you and your upbringing, your background. That so that's how you think. Those people would, yeah. 
<laughs> well, the people who use your background to judge you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the same thing. It's the same impulse. But it's that same easy... Lazy. You know, well, yeah, it's, it's that straight in bang, this is what this person's like, this is what, you know, that's, that, when I'm doing stuff like International Men's Day or whatever, yeah. anything a little bit controversial on Twitter, then you'll get people who go, you're this, 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 and this. And they obviously don't know who I am. Well, a bloke yesterday, <laughs> bloke yesterday went on at me at Twitter, I mean, you know, it's turning into a Ricky Gervais show, isn't it? There's a bloke on Twitter <laughs> said this to me, and I've completely fucking destroyed him. Um, <laughs> Um, but, the, you know, a guy going, you've been made... You, I used to like you, but then you went on the BBC in 2016 and you've taken the vow of silence, right? <laughs> they make you take a vow of silence. You won't talk about rape gangs in Rotherham, uh, you know, and there's a, there's a shopping list, right? I can... I don't know. There might be some people who work at the BBC. There might be... There might not. First of all, I was freelance. Never worked there, so... Your initial assertion is wrong, I'm afraid, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we're going to do that. But that, I haven't been to the Vow of Silence office. But the, <laughs> I have. Is, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just stupid. It's stupid. And people are, people are you know, making their decisions based on this hogwash. And, yeah. you know, uh, there isn't one... You know, anyone who knows... Who's had brushed up against the BBC at all, there isn't one BBC. No. You know, Radio 2 have no fucking idea what's going on on Radio 4. They're not interested. Why would they be? You know, Radio 5, half of Radio 5 hates the other half of Radio... You know, like, before we, before we even get, get started on what's on the telly, I mean, it's just silly, and, but people need these sort of um, touchstones. They go, oh, you're a BBC lefty comic. Am I? The BBC have always loathed my comedy. <laughs> I can't... I've never been to get the pub landlord on TV at the BBC. They just don't, they don't like it, which is fine. I don't mind that, but it's... ITV and Sky, mate. You know, <laughs> I'm a fucking commercial whore. I'm not like a lefty public servant, or yeah. whatever, or whatever they want, whatever they want to project on you. And always, always, people people are relentlessly projecting. They, what they think a public school is, what I must have gone through, rather yeah. than what I went through. But then, some people don't think of it in that way. You know, they do think. I mean, and maybe things are different now, but. You know, that, that experience of being left for nine years... Well, not left, but... You I know, wasn't left. But you were not, not with your parents for a big... Yeah, it was weird. Course. It was weird. And, and, but, but, but it's so long ago. The other thing is so long ago. It's a yeah. lot less significant to who I am now than sure, what sure. happened in my, you know, my last marriage. <laughs> you always got to have a last marriage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that, that's, the thing that, that's the thing that's more important rather than you know, boarding school. And it's funny, I, you, I, there's some friends I'm in touch with still from that, from school, but they're generally not the people I had to share a room with because that's where we all ended up. You know, you, 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 it's not the army. No. Um, and um, on Wikipedia, it says you were briefly head boy. Yeah. It doesn't explain what that's the most interesting two well, words. Well, no, it's very simple. <laughs> Three words. Three words. Very simple. Um... Because you're the same vintage as me, you used to be able to do um, an Oxbridge exam after your A levels. Do you remember that? Yep. Seventh term Oxbridge, right? Because I tried. I couldn't do it because I didn't go to public school, so I had to get a conditional offer and Great. do my A levels. Well, you're but... clever than me. It's yeah. an acknowledged fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I just like... had to work hard because they never were on a plate like you did. Yeah. <laughs> We're William Thackeray's millions. <laughs> he got from writing Pendennis. 
It's all more than Vanity Fair. <laughs> but, but no, so there was third term, wasn't there, before your A-levels. Yeah. And the, but, so I stayed on for the extra term. Right. Um, which was an awful experience. It was a <laughs> terrible thing. All my mates had left. Yeah. Right? It was awful. And they made, what they tended to do, if you did that, they'd make your head boy. Right. And I, remember, and I was not engaged with that at all. I was thinking, well, this is basically a skive because all I've got to do is prepare for this one... A paper or two papers and an interview. You know, so I got the autumn to like doss about. So I was not interested in the formalities of <laughs> being a boy at all. So did they sack you or did you just do it for the. No, I just sort of petered out and then I did my Oxbridge and I got in and I'm like, right, well, I'm off now. <laughs> it's the really boring. That's why they don't it's go not, into more details on it yeah, on the Wikipedia yeah. page. But yeah, I'm going to go. Because there's nothing, there's nothing to it. You know? I'm going to go and edit the Wikipedia page and put all of that in verbatim. Including Please my do. interjections. Please do. <laughs> Make that page a lot more fucking interesting. <laughs> well, we... Uh, we oh, we're ending on that, we're gonna, we? We're going to... We're going to... I'll ask it's you a like funny question. It's like being head boy. It's like the petering well, out of my school career. I, was, I wasn't head boy at my school because no. my dad was the headmaster and my brother had been head boy and they felt that we were too much... Twice would have been... <laughs> twice would have been... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have been even if that hadn't been the case, though. Um, so rubbish. Rubbish. Steve Cheek was your a great... Steve your leadership great. material. I am, really am. Yeah. Look, We'd all follow Rich, wouldn't we? You're... Uh, no, we, they, these people would, but they weren't... You know, that would be like a school full of the, the nerdiest person in each school, wouldn't it? So that, it's like they go, right, you're coming Nerd out... Academy. <laughs> There's your movie. <laughs> You know, your granddad died at Dunkirk and my granddad's brother died in, uh, at Dunkirk. Which regiment? I don't know. Middlesbrough Regiment. Oh, right, okay. Um, where? Dunkirk. <laughs> it's quite a large action. <laughs> I just wonder they might have died together in each other's arms. Unlikely. <laughs> I he... said one, one day... Well... Your grandson and my grandnephew. Was he in the Second Bucks Battalion, Oxbox Light Infantry Territorials? Don't know much about. He was funny. Apparently, that's all I know about him. <laughs> don't know. I don't know what he was called. <laughs> it wasn't my granddad. It was my granddad's brother. You should look into it. I reckon. Yeah, I should have a look. Because then this would be a better conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I just go back gone, twenty seconds and gone, fix ah. it. We'd have gone, he'd have gone, oh, I'm from Middlesbrough. And you'd have, and you'd have gone, well, I'm the Lord Buckley of Marlborough Street. <laughs> oh, oh, well, we're still the same here, though. Well, and one day, and, uh, children from two generations now will do a podcast together. That's definitely what they were fighting <laughs> for. <laughs> I think the most important thing to do right now yeah. is to project what people were fighting for in World War II <laughs> yeah. back onto them to justify whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. My grandfather definitely died, so you could ask me <laughs> which chocolate I like to shove up my ass. If I could travel back through time, I would go there and I would tell him that that was what was going <laughs> I would go back and save his life. I would go back to the bit where he was already about to die. You, and they go, apparently topic, he, mate. Apparently topic. He was, it was top. Apparently he was a great laugh. Oh. My, my great uncle was as well. Yeah, there we uh, go. Yeah, they were nice. So your mum had, didn't have a, a dad? No, he, yeah, he, he was killed in uh, May, uh, May 25th, Harzerbrook, in a, in a, literally in an every man for himself action, 
Although there's a dispute about whether anyone ever actually said that. Because <laughs> um, uh, no one wants to be the bloke that said that. Um, uh, anyway, and, and she was born in September, so she never knew her dad. It's full of tragedy, your life story. And then, yeah, no, yeah. Well, no, but yeah, but you know, not that we can dwell on. No, let's dwell on it. No. <laughs> my my grand great uncle was from Middlesbrough, so no one cares where he was. He just they got a letter saying he wasn't coming back. I don't think he, I just don't think they just never came back. I don't think we they don't they knew. Oh, then they got then they got a letter. It was all quite it was all quite um, formalised and everything. They did have that all. Unfortunately, they had that all like kind of worked out. Yeah. If there's another one, I'm going to be the bloke who does the letters. But then you'll have to um, move in slow motion while the trumpet blows distantly, <laughs> distantly on a hill. There probably will be another world war. We've, we've managed to get old enough not to be involved in it, though. I think the kind of world war that's coming, we will definitely be involved in, <laughs> in the way that we get boiled in the bag. Yeah. Not in Hertfordshire, that'll be fine out there, right? No, no, you're going to get got. Miles away. No, you're going to get got. Be, I've got a th- Where do you live? In Hertfordshire. Where? Narrow it down, you I, fucker. I tell you, off stage. I'm not, near to... Uh, Coordinates. Near to... Uh, Coordinates, Hitch, please. To the town of Hitchin. All right, yeah, definitely. Big intel centre, you're going to get fried. <laughs> no one would bomb Hitchin. It's too nice. Um, well... Are they not going to bomb it so that the Nazi high command can stay there? <laughs> <laughs> that's everywhere. That's one of my... It's fucking everywhere. It's, I love that. The World War II myth is basically everywhere they missed. They go, oh, they didn't hit this because the, uh, the Nazi high command were planning to stay there. In fact, no one could hit a fucking thing at the time. It's Ballam, Bedford. Yeah, it's, Bedford. The, it's Bedford. Yeah, it's that, it's that big block, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. What's it called? The Duquesne Court. Duquesne Court, that's it, yeah. Which people say was, uh, you know, a big landmark from the sky, and the Nazis had planned to keep it for um, uh, an, an SS headquarters. But it's basically, no one could hit anything with any degree of, you know, not even... The Americans hit schools with alarming regularity yeah. when they're not planning to. That's a topical joke from 12 years ago. <laughs> and wedding, wedding, wedding seeking missiles. Yeah. Right, I've got to go back to wherever I live in Hertfordshire. Just say goodbye to my family. Because <laughs> either we're going to die in nuclear war or they're off straight off to boarding school tomorrow. Three years old and six months old. Get too, on with never it. Never too soon to The sooner start. you alienate your children, the sooner they get a great career in show business. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to come back in 101 podcasts and do it again? <laughs> we'll have this same fucking yeah. conversation. Yeah. It probably will be. Yeah, it will, won't it? <laughs> it's nice to see you, you know. We kind of don't no, see you. That's what we said at the end of the last one. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I've got a, 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 a semi photographic memory. It, is. <laughs> it was very similar yeah, to it was this. It very similar to this, yeah. We, we petered we out could, weekly. We couldn't, we couldn't stop it. Couldn't stop talking. No. Everyone wanted Have you to go read home. that book? <laughs> Can I recommend a book that everyone reads? Pete, you know who Peter Hennessy is? He's a, he's a political historian. Okay. Right, Lord Hennessy is now. And he wrote a really amazing book called Secret State, which is about Cold War preparations for um, uh, the Cold War going nuclear. And it's really good because it's like it, 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 he's spoken to all the people involved, and it's a really densely written book. But it's also very personal. So there'll be he'll, it, there'll be a bit where he goes on about that he had a recurring nightmare where where 
he's with his brother-in-law or something, and then and he see and he sees a flash in the sky, and he thinks, shit, Bristol's been nuked, and my all my family are dead, right? So it's got it's got the it's got a guy living through this, but also a guy completely shaking down the history. It's fantastic, and it's got all that stuff about how after the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Macmillan government realised they hadn't got a protocol worked out. Um, for what to do with their nuclear weapons. So they'd bought all these nuclear bombers and they'd got, they were just buying Polaris, but they hadn't actually figured out if it, if it kicked off, what would they do? So there's one point during the Cuban Missile Crisis where they're in the Prime Ministerial, Prime Ministerial car and they literally pull over and go to a phone box and they haven't, no one's got any money. So they try to do a reverse charge call to the Ministry of Defence. Hello, it's Harold McMillan here. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Literally, right? Um, I need to speak to the war office to talk to them about what our nuclear response is. Oh, yeah, of course you fucking are, mate. Like, the whole thing, right? And then they figured out they had to put a telephone, you know, a radio in the car and all that. And there's this really... There's all this stuff about, you know, the civil service, they had a list and a, a, of who was going to go into the bunker outside Bath in Box Hill. There's a facility in there, right? right? Who would get to go, right, when the, as they used to say, the balloon went up? And there was one civil servant who said, so there was a train, and you were supposed, if you were on the list, you'd get a thing. Uh, you'd get the, because the, 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 they did exercises to practice this, right? You'd get this thing in your in, in tray, and you had to go to Paddington for two o'clock and get on the special train, <laughs> right? And the special train would, would go at 40 miles an hour, so it wasn't speeding, so, you know, so it would not draw attention to itself, and it would just potter along, right? And one of these civil servants, he talked about how it went past his garden outside Reading, right? And so what he was going to do was jump off the train as it went past his garden and go back to his family. Right. Because if, if we were going to be nuked, he wanted to be with his family rather than in some horrible bunker <laughs> with all the people he worked with and the Prime Minister. <laughs> And, 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 you know, that, this book's brilliant because that is what was... That was the... People p- were preparing for this thing, yeah. knowing it was going to be... And that, read, buy that, read that. So, anyway, you just, the idea of you going back to... Yeah. That'll cheer them up, won't it, after, yeah. after this? I thought, I thought we were going to get... Read this book. <laughs> well, <laughs> so take that, your minds off the nuclear We've got all that stuff about, you know, that if, if the Today programme's on in the morning, they won't nuke Moscow. You know that thing? No. Oh, they, so there's the letters... <laughs> No, 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 come on, this is interesting. Because this is the thing we, this thing we lived under when people were going, oh, terrorism, you know, we were going we to fry each other in a yeah. fucking heartbeat. You know, anyone who knows about Abel Archer and all that. But there's a, um, you know what Abel Archer is, right? <laughs> NATO exercise, early 80s. The Russians thought uh, the NATO exercise was actually a oh. preemptive prelude to a third world war. Yeah. So they put everything on standby and they were going to nuke us. And then yes. one guy went, no, it's not. It's an exercise. And, and, and he had to go all the way to the top of the food chain and, and yeah. argue his case. And there's, a, there's this Russian guy who basically saved the world. Anyway, the letters of last resort are, and, it's still, and it's, they still exist, it's, tri, it's the Trident subs. How it works, the fir- when you become prime minister, the civil service the, sit you down and the chief, the chief of staff comes in and goes, right, um, in all the Trident subs, there's a letter in a safe to tell you what to do in the event of um, nuclear war. And they then advise you on your options. And one's like nuke Moscow, and the next one's go to, go to America and hand yourself over to the US Navy, and the other one's go to Australia. 
and then there's what or you can write what you want right and the story is that the, when the new government comes in you get the new letter of last resort and you burn the old one you never read it and all this. although I bet they've read it <laughs> you've read it and it would it would say I'm rank, wanking as I write this <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is they're supposed to do if it's all gone off they're supposed to they're supp- supposed to send the aerial up to the top at 6am six, at six GMT or 7am GMT and if the Today programme's on they don't open the safe and get the letter of last resort out right. on long wave <laughs> fucking inc- you, look, you know so there was there's people with that. Yeah. Apparently, apparently Tony Blair, when they sat him down, he, you know, he went, <coughs> he went white, completely white as a sheet with the responsibility. Yeah. Rather than went red and went, ha ha, <laughs> I must bathe in the blood of, you know, whatever, like, people well, insist. Sorry, you know, I love all this. I love it will all this definitely happen, wouldn't it? Because, you know, just there'll be a mistake or... You know, could happen. Just someone will become president of America who might just think there will be a laugh. That could happen. Especially if a prostitute was saying a load of stuff about him and yeah. he needed a distraction. Well, also, some of the we might just hit the, bu- the button and say it off. <laughs> there, is definitely, oh, no. there is definitely a video of him being pissed on, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it on my phone. <laughs> Just a picture. Mm. Um, <laughs> we're, I'm, I'm going to have to go, but it's lovely to talk to you. Come back oh, in no, 101 no, episode. On, no, I've got to go. Around, I need man. a wee. Man, I'm old. I'm tired and I'm old. I've got children now. I didn't have children last time we spoke. Did I had one, maybe? Oh, yeah. Chilled. Yeah. I had a little tiny child, didn't I? But I yeah, had a five-month-old. I had the same thing as I've got now, but then I've got a three-year-old as well. It's twice as hard. You should try having more than one kid, Al. You know what it's like. <laughs> You've got no well, you, idea. You've got no you idea what I'm going through. A teenage child to hold it for you. Yeah, that would be good. Go to the toilet to sit down and read yeah. a book for half an hour. But I, <laughs> I think a teenager is much more likely to murder the baby than a. Because you know, by the time you're a teenager, you go, yeah, I can kill it, and if I do, I mean, I'd probably get away with it. It's a risk you've got to take. <laughs> it's for one half, half an hour off. Half an hour poo. <laughs> I need a half an hour poo. Oh, I look back on it. Maybe one day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause. Al Murray! You have been listening to Rich Chang's Let's Square Theatre Podcast with me, Rich Chang, and my guest, Alan Murray. The music's my best. Everyone here would like to thank all the people here. Uh, that is themselves. Is everyone at Let's Square Everyone go fast and strike. Uh, Orange Mark, he's probably owed some more orange juice by now at the uh, British Comedy Guide. Ian Tunes, Ewan Tube, a lot of them, all of them. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. And it's a fuzz, Go Faster Strike and Sky Potato production. Become a dripster, d.rip slash Richard Herring. Come on, do it.